Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Really Charlie Podcast. Today's guest is Robbie Mendes, officially Robert Mendes, executive director of the New Bedford Boys and Girls Club. Um, I couldn't wait for this show. I couldn't wait for this podcast because of uh, what you meant to me and many, many others. So um, I just uh, had to do this. And uh mutual friend, Michael Kahn, was saying, get Robbie on there. Get Robbie on there. <laughs> I said, it wouldn't be a podcast without getting Robbie on there. So how you doing? I'm good. And, and thanks for the invite, Charlie. And again, for all you do, I, I think these podcasts are great. Uh, it gives us to kind of reconnect with people uh, and find out what's going on in the community and what they're doing. Uh, and it's so- honor it's really an honor to be a part of it yeah thank you i really appreciate it um you just can't you can't get these stories you know you you some people are not aware of the stories that you can tell you know some of the other people that i had on here and um it's good to get them out there so they can put a um you know people see robbie and they want to say oh that's the boss you know you know but uh it's just like one of us and um as i said in one of my posts uh um another bay village kid to another you know it's that's right mm-hmm. straight, straight out it, of bay village and, and yeah. sometimes it's tough to lose a moniker because somebody says robbie mendes and the first thing they say is boys and girls club and then somebody says boys and girls club and the first thing they say is robbie mendes so Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a title that I, I'm proud to have and to be associated with. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, um, I mean, as long as I can remember, you've been there at the Boys Club. And um, I, I I mean, the first time I went to the Boys Club with a membership, um, Mr. Ramis was there. And, um, and you were still there, you know, and it's... Uh, it's funny because I remember going through that front door and, uh, you know, you, you had that, at one point you had that office right in the middle. Right. Yeah. It was, so. uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it's changed a lot. Uh, and obviously, yeah. uh, the facility has grown. Uh, the membership has grown, but, uh, it, it's Charlie, I always say it's never like the old days. Uh, <laughs> You know those experiences back then that you know people who didn't get a chance to to experience it uh, is just uh, unbelievable. Uh, you know and when we look back and I always say I wish we could go back in time. Uh, I think uh, if we went and did that and held to those ideals and those morals that we had growing up from the Bay Village all the way up to our adulthood, uh, you know our community would be a much better place. So true. The um, never, never went hungry in that boys club. If if y'all seen a kid not eating or may not have a piece of candy or whatever, you know he always had some some of the staff members or you know go ahead and buy us something. I remember the lady there, uh, Gladys, I think her name was. Oh, we had uh, back then we had Miss Miss Agnes. Uh, yeah, Agnes Walls, smaller. She ran a yeah. concession stand there for us, and uh, little Mickey Howard. And uh, mm. I mean, we've uh, over the years. There's been just so. Uh, I, I think one of the, uh, tributes to the Boys and Girls Club it has has been its staff and, and the way they've kind of connected with people. I mean, going back since I was a kid, it was uh, Mr. Sumner back then, and Chet Travis was in the gym, and Mickey Dyer was, and then. Uh, you know, as I grew and, and became on the staff, uh, Len Ramis uh, became the executive director, who was kind of our superhero back then. Uh, it was great to see one of us uh, sort of running an organization that saw so many of us. Uh, and, uh, you know, and obviously the infamous uh, Bucky Vincent, uh, who mm-hmm. you know, I've been very fortunate to work under so many people. Uh, yeah, Sue Career, I, I, I see somebody spot uh, who, who yeah. For many, many years, was sort of the backbone of the the office back there, uh, and, and you know, uh, also uh, she was my enforcer there for a while. And 
things oh, yeah. <laughs> out of place. Uh, you know, Sue would not hesitate to come out of that office and put a kid in their place. And, uh, and that's the way we were. Uh, I mean, we just, uh, as an organization, uh, we commanded respect uh, from the kids. Uh, and, and in turn, we gave them respect right back. And I think that's how they developed uh, relationships uh, through o- over the years. So true. The um, I remember uh, just um, you know we somebody a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the uh, the bowling alley downstairs and um and uh, I can't remember I think yeah it was it was your nephew talking about my uncle sent me down there it was like suicide you know get hit with one of those pins. But I, I'll, I'll tell you, it was probably the most uh, fun area of the club that we had, you know, the three-lane bowling alley where you had to uh, set up your own pins uh, and, and you had to watch yourself because, you know, you had some guys who were pretty strong and they'd uh, whip the ball down there and you'd hit the pin and it'd fly up and you were supposed to sit on the backside you know, waiting for the – and send the balls back down and, and – uh, you know, sometimes when the staff turned their back, you know, you had balls going the other way. And uh, it's, it's amazing no one ever got hurt, but, uh, <laughs> you know, by the grace of God. But uh, hours of time spent down there was was phenomenal. And, and the joy uh, simply bowling. It, it, was, it was just so much fun. Yeah, sure was. Sure, sure was. Um, Shauna says, Joanne, who's Joanne? Oh, jeepers. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to remember now. Uh, right. I, can't. I, I can't. But um, anyways, they, uh, I had, um, I used to, I mean, I loved going to the boys club, even if it got to the point where, um, you know, I had to walk up there from the south end. It was all worth it, you know. And, um, Later on, going up there with, you know, your brother, my uncle David, used to take us up there when we played for the vets. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that the Bay State League started at Pulaski School. You know, and um, I well, I mean, we even I mean, a lot of people don't realize the Bay State League's been around for many, many years. I mean, I mm-hmm. I in it. Uh, I know Jeep is on the team that I played on. Uh, Steve Ramis. Stevie Gomes, Amanina, uh, Jeff Fisher, a lot of guys, Eddie Martin. Uh, and, and we used to play We uh, the games. You had to go to the different uh, junior high schools. And that was, uh, at the time, it was Keith, the old Keith. And then I remember, uh, you know, you went to Namandan, uh, which was a smaller court, the old Namandan. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you played back there. And then eventually uh, the Bay State League uh, went to Pulaski School, and it was run by – uh, the recreation department, uh, Barry Munier okay. and uh, Ronnie Lomba uh, ran it for many, many years. And that's when I first started coaching. Uh, the first team I remember having was uh, uh, Model Cities. Uh, we were from the, we were the boys club, but Model Cities uh, sponsored us. And that was me and Russell Montero. Uh, okay. Started that. And I, I remember, uh, our first team was my first year as a head coach and the first time doing it. And uh, I, I started off with Mark Dias, which was my star player. Uh, Willie Pierce, uh, for those of you who know Willie now, but Willie yeah. was probably, in my estimation, potentially probably one of the best athletes that New Bedford could have had. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah. he's seen his trials and tribulations. And Leroy Tolentino uh, and played up at Pulaski our first year and uh, I remember we used to take the red van up there and because I was still young as a coach I was only probably like five or six years older than the guys coaching uh, I had to bring Russell on as the assistant coach because he had the insurance to drive the van because the club wouldn't let me drive the van I wasn't old enough but uh, and, I, and, and I lucked out we played our first year and we won a championship and I thought hey, it's going to be like this all the time and it, it, it was a great some great, great talent has come through there. And, and I think we started with Model Cities. And then a few years later, uh, I believe Dave at Fonseca uh, was coaching the Mets. Uh, they had a little league team. Uh, and uh, I think after the first year or two, Bucky Vincent, who was now at the Boys and Girls Club, 
as a program director came to me and he said he was also the AD for the Viridian Vets athletic program. Uh, and he said, hey, I, you know, I need a coach. And prior to that, uh, I believe my brother Jojo was was coaching the Vets. And, you know, that was a big rivalry between us. And uh, eventually, uh, you know, there were two divisions, the Pee Wees and the Little League. Uh, and then Dave gave it up and I took over the Vets Pee Wee team. And uh, that was uh, a phenomenal run for me with some unbelievable players. I, I had Jeepers on one team, which we just bounced on through the league. And it was Aaron Berg, Johnny Sylvia, Jamal Magnet, Billy Helpman, and David Rose. Uh, and, and those were the guys that were just, uh, we just ran that league rip shot. Those kids were just so talented and, you know, yeah. we would run a weave, do a press in the whole nine yards, and it was unbelievable. And uh, and even those years, I, I brought on, I think, uh, the first girl to ever play in the uh, Bay State Basketball League was Danny Gomes, uh, right out of Bay Village, uh, Kathy's daughter and Larry yeah. O'Brien's yeah. daughter. Danny was the – I called her the first lady of the Bay State League. Uh, and then I look back on a lot of the girls that played for me, and we were probably the first team. I was the first coach to really bring girls in. Uh, and, and allow them to play. And uh, we've had some phenomenal ones. Uh, you know, Sinead played. Uh, yep. She was tremendous back then. Uh, Lashana Barboza was one of our leading players back uh, in the day. And it, it, it was a, it was just great to, to bring the girls in. And uh, even till today, you know, got Anae Adams, who's playing at Tilton Academy up in New Hampshire, played for the boys club. And I look around and, you know, Bridget Markey and, and at, at the high school, you know, there's, uh, you know, four or five players who, uh, you know, play for me as girls. And, and it showed when they got to the high school level uh, how True. far advanced they were in girls basketball. Exactly. It, it, it was tremendous for Sinead because a lot of those kids, you know, on her team, one one that comes to mind is like Wilson Pilate, um you know, those are the ones that were talking to her, encouraging her to play hard, keep playing, you know. So she had a sense of belonging being around all those boys. So, and and that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And, and the great thing about it was, you know, the boys accepted them, you know, and, and they didn't back off. You know, they, no. you know, they weren't letting the girls just go, you know. They were going to bang and practice and, and, and play hard and uh, – and the girls gave it right back. That was a great part, I, I think, about it. And uh, and I think, for me, that was the most important thing. It wasn't just playing basketball. And, and, and you know, over the – I mean, I've been coaching, jeepers, I mean, 45, over 45 years. And, and uh, you know, we were looking back a few years ago, and I said, you know, during that time span, I won, like, 33 championships. And, and it really, you know, didn't dawn on me. And it, and it wasn't about the winning, Charlie. It wasn't about – uh, it, it was the friendships that were made with the kids and, and you know, uh, again, them meeting other kids that they never would have met before and me meeting them uh, and, and not only, you know, the players, but getting to know their families and becoming friends with their families. And, you know, you know, you're getting old when, you know, you, you coach like Mark Dias and then, you know, a few years back, his son comes along and he, the yep. son would not believe that his father played for me because, you know, they were like, no, there's no way. Uh, and, and now you're looking, you're, you're coaching some kids that play for you, their grandchildren. I was like, holy smokes, man, but it might be time to get out of here. You stay right there. You stay right there. Yeah. You know, and, and I think the, the success of the program that, you know, I just really instilled uh, – just the fundamentals of basketball and, and, and good sportsmanship. And, and I wanted not just good basketball players. I wanted good kids and, and make sure that I was there to guide them beyond, beyond the game, even after the season was over. So true. And um, it's a, I remember one moment, I'll, I'll go back to Shanae. You put her in a game and um, she happened to be under the basket in that the big kid there from Diamonds, Haggerty. He's <laughs> like, it grew to seven feet, but Sinead <laughs> was coming to get a rebound, and he just standing there got the rebound. It was kind of comical. So, yeah, but you I, know, uh, and you take it like that, and she, you know, again, she didn't back down though. You know, it was like, yeah. <laughs> and that was the great part about it. Yeah, it's um. So, 
if if you had to tell a story, well, the walls, the walls in the boys' club, if they could talk. Now we don't want to go to the the south side of the boys' club. We want to go to the kind of north side in the old gym. If those walls could talk and you could share a story, what would you share with us? There were just some unbelievable things, and I, you know, we built, we put a new addition on in in, in two thousand, and uh, but there's nothing, there's nothing like the old, uh, and and even till this day, I know guys have come in uh, that have gone for years, and, and they'll just walk in and say, you know, it's got the same smell, you know, it's, it's got that gymnasium smell, so we kind of refer to it as the old Boston garden. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, God, you're going there. And on the other side, they say, oh, that's the, that's the TD got him is the new gym. Uh-huh. Uh, but there were just so many stories in there. And it, and it wasn't just in the gym. It was part of the boxing program and things of that nature. And uh, the story that we, you know, would share was like back then, you know, I, you know, and players have, have evolved. They, they're different now. And I, I kind of refer to it as sort of the microwave age. I think nowadays it's almost like, just popping something in the microwave and hitting the button. And, uh, you know, they think they're instant basketball players. And I, I would always say, Hey, uh, you know, it, it's like trying to make Munchoop. You don't make Munchoop in a, in a microwave. It takes time. You know, you got to cook it and it takes hours to ruin. I think a lot of the kids have lost that. And when I look back now, uh, on those days where there were basketball games, uh, kids from every high school around, they'd get here about in the off season, about six o'clock. And uh, the, the funny stories were, you know, they just played up and down, uh, called winners. You'd have like 20 kids sitting in the bleachers waiting to get on the court uh, to the point where we closed at nine and they just wouldn't stop. And then, you know, the only way we could get them out was either you shut the lights off and then they yeah. were complaining because they couldn't find their clothes or <laughs> the infamous Mr. Vincent would come out of the boxing ring with this little whip that he had and he just snapped the whip and he says, okay, everybody out. And you just see guys scatter all out of the place. But you know, yeah. they were, I mean, and there were some nights where I didn't mind. We'd stay here till nine 30 at night. And I told Mr. B, Hey, go home, you know, let them finish the game. I'll watch them. And uh, uh-huh. but there, there are some, uh, you know, watching somebody like Andre McCoy trying to play basketball up and down the court was, mm-hmm. was kind of funny. And uh, to see a lot of the kids and, and, you know, how the Bay State, that's how the Bay State Basketball League actually came to the Boys and Girls Club. Um, you know, it was many years ago, like I said, the rec department had it. And Barry Munier came up to me and said there were, um, you know, it was it was sad because they said there was no money in the recreation budget to keep the league going. And, and you had about oh, 16, wow. 18 teams that were absolutely kids were going to play nowhere. Uh, and he came to me and I said, Jesus, I have to go back and check. And, you know, I, I met with Len Ramis. I was the gym director at the time. And I asked Lenny, I says, hey, you know, if, if we don't do it, uh, we're not going to have any league. We're not going to have a boys club team. We're not going to have any league. And, you know, he didn't even bat an eyelash. He was like, you know, bring it down here. And he said, on the one condition, he goes, you know, you're going to have to run it. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I said yes, because I wanted to and for the kids, but I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, yeah. So like the first four or five years, uh, I didn't realize I was the commissioner. I was the treasurer. I was I assigned officials and I coached all at the same time. And uh, wow. sometimes it gets frustrating because a lot of people didn't know what you did to keep. And, and you know as well as I do uh, the work that's done in the background. You know, and, and a lot of coaches catch a lot of heck for you know time with parents are yelling at them, but nobody sees all the time they put in for practice and all the other stuff and. Uh, so, it, you know, it was really a daunting task. And, and it was weird because it wasn't weird. It was a little upset because everybody would complain, but nobody wanted to step up and do it. You know, true, and, uh, so, you know, I, you know I, I did that for, you know, far too many years by myself. And then finally, you know, some guys, I, I just encouraged some of the other coaches, you, you got to get involved in this uh, because I'm not going to be able to continue to do this by myself. And, you know, and then we, put together a board of offices and uh, they took a lot of the burden off of me to the, to the point where uh, I, I can just coach now. Good. Good. I, um, let's go to some of these comments, you know, it's um, a little history. Um, let's see. It says the club was our second home. I was a boy. Let me see boy of the year 
the year back to 61 and 62. Um, was on the board for a while, worked at the camps for a few years in the club. Um, it was a great place. It was the boys club back then. Jim Sumner, Mickey, Mr. Travis, Pucky Vincent, um, outside basketball court, great times. I, I'm um, guessing, but that's 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 probably Johnny Duat. <laughs> okay. John Duat right. was a staple here at the club, and I remember him being boy of the year and, and working uh, at the camp, and uh, he was on our board for a time, and, and John was just a great guy. And those are the guys that I kind of learned from too. Uh, you know, there, there were many uh, – people that kind of set the stage for me. Chet Travis was, was a big uh, influence in my life uh, as, as far as working with the Boys and Girls Club. And then, you know, Jim Sumner, all, all those guys they mentioned, and, you know, to, to come up through the system under the tutelage of Lenny Ramis was, you know, uh, a, a great advantage for me. And then, you know, to have Bucky, uh, it, it was a weird situation with me and Bucky because, uh I was the gym director and Bucky became the program director. And then when Len left, uh, we kind of jumped. Uh, I went from that to uh, becoming the executive director. So I went from Bucky being my boss to me being Bucky's boss, which wasn't uh -huh. a good transition for me because the fear factor was just uh, yeah. <laughs> the one great story that I'll tell uh, regarding me and Bucky uh, was uh, – when, when I first became the executive director, you know, Bucky would go on his boxing trips on the weekend and they'd go up to, you know, Colorado. I mean, they'd go all over the place. And uh, it was a place, uh, I think they were going up in New Hampshire or something to box for the weekend. It was, it was a tournament. And uh, Bucky wanted to take the van. Uh, and uh, we had scheduled the van for something else. And so my first duty as executive director was telling Bucky Vincent he couldn't take the van. Well, for those of you who don't know, you don't tell Bucky Vincent no. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, he came into my office and he says, I'm taking the van. And I go, you're going to have to wait because I, I, I got to check the schedule. And, you know, so he just looked at me and he, he would, uh, you know, his look. And he was like, what are you talking about? I've been doing this for years and I've always had the opportunity to take the van. And I said, you know, and, and here I am, the boss. I'm saying, Mr. V, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you got to, I, I, I got to, make a decision here because I got 12 kids who got to go here and you're taking three boxes who got to go there. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but he wasn't happening. He says, you know, and I said, well, he says, well, I need to know. So I said, well, let me think about it. And he leaves the office. And, uh, I said, but I don't think it's going to happen. And he says, well, why not? And I says, well, because I got to make a decision and I'm the executive director. Well, he Charlie turns and he pounds his fist on my desk and he goes, you be the executive director when I say you're the executive director. <laughs> and he walked out, and, and I'm sitting there like, what am I going to tell this guy tomorrow? You know, because he's coming back, you know. And uh, finally, uh, he, he came back the next day, and I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm, and I'm glad, you know, it had a front to it because my knees were shaking. He was on the other side, and I had to tell him, I said, you know, we can't do it. It's, it's not in the best interest of the club. And he got up, and he, you know, with that – scary look on his face and he just looked me in the eye and he says okay and he goes i'm going to tell you something right now and i said what's that and he goes now you're the executive director he says that's a good choice you made and he walked out <laughs> uh but you know it was you know the years that i spent with that man was phenomenal uh and, and what i've learned from him was is, is still helping me today yeah I, I like to uh eventually get a lot of people on the show podcast and um just share some bucky vincent stories um uh, that would be great um let's see here nate let's see jeff korea oh boy says <laughs> <laughs> he says such a great man to smell his roses had an impact in everyone's lives that walked through the boys and girls club it's always been the club that beats the streets thank you for all you've done Mr. Mendy, sincerely, Sidney Moncrief. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, I'm, and I'm glad he came out because I'll tell you a story about him. We were playing, he played for me, and, and he, I called him Sidney Moncrief because he had the thin legs and he could run. Mm -hmm. Jeff was one of the best defenders, in the, and we were playing in the championship game against uh, Ponica. It, it was a Lakeville team, and I believe it was uh, Kurt Rose, uh, Kurt Rose uh, Derek Rose from uh, 
upon him. His, his, his Dan Rose's son, and he was one of the best players in the league. And they were undefeated, and we get them in the finals. And uh, I decide to change the defense, and I go to a boxing one on this kid. And he'd never seen it before throughout the whole season. And I put Jeffrey on. I put Fufu on him. And I says, yep. you don't do anything but watch that guy the whole game. And he goes in, and uh, he's watching him. And the first time the ball comes down, I, I, I remember this clearly. The ball rolls over, and, and Fufu sees it, and he goes to run to pick it up. And the other team got it. They threw it to that kid, and he hits the basket. Well, I call timeout, and I pull him out, and I says, you know something? I told you, don't you – for the rest of this game, don't you leave that kid. Charlie, uh, the rest of the game, he was in that kid's shirt. When the kid left the door on the bench, he came on our bench. When he went back in, the funny part about it, and, and I and I just yelled at him and told him, if you don't do what I tell you, you're not playing. Mm-hmm. We're leaving. We win the game, and we're leaving, and we're going to the van, and this kid is walking to his car, and I'm loading everybody, and I says, where's Fufu? He's following the kid to his car, <laughs> and I said, what are you doing? I said, let's go, and he said, Coach, you told me wherever he goes, that's where I go. And, and the kid's father's looking like, get this kid away from me. And all the players, so we get him in the car, but we ended up winning the championship. But he was the main reason why. I mean, he was a great defender. But and I give him, I always tell him, yeah, you, you're the only one who listens, man. And he followed yeah. that kid. <laughs> it's uh, he, he, Fufu, I love him, man. I asked. Uh, I mean, we all know how fast he was. And um, so being on the job, Fufu would always say, you can't catch me, Charlie. You can't catch me, Charlie. I said, I'm going to catch you. I'm going to catch you. So I always see him at, you know, he'll be at a game. I type him on the shoulder and I say, I got you. That's the only way I was going to catch Fufu. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Let me see. We got Michael Kahn with us. He said, Robbie's, Robbie is a man of tremendous character and is just a great role model for thousands of kids. And besides his busy schedule, has taken time to allow me to have my annual Thanksgiving photo over 32 years. And because of him, the 35 years and 35 in the over league and the 40 and over league basketball league, which allows us older people to still be a part of the game. The boys club was uh, also a training ground for future referees. And if you can ref at the boys club, you can ref anywhere. Uh, it says Rob was also one of the best, best shooters. And uh, I can attest to all of that. So I second everything that he said. Um well, yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot, Charlie. There's a lot of people out there, and, and you know, you uh, when when you do this, it's it's more of a you know you learn and you, and you try to take uh, you know little bits and pieces from everybody that you come across. And when I look back and and, and starting, uh, you know, for me, one of the my you know idols that got me involved was actually uh, you know Steve Ramis's father, Tony Ramis, and, and him and Turtle Rosario were my basketball coach for the vets. And to see the commitment that those guys had to, you know, drive down the South and they worked all day long and, uh, you know, drive to the vets hall to pick us up, you know, for the game and truckers all over the city to those games and, you know, weren't getting paid for it. And, and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you you know, they, they made an impact on you. And, uh, you know, so you just try to pay that forward. And, and, and when you look around, you know, the city of New Bedford, we've had a lot of people, uh, and, and even in the Cape Verdean community who have uh, really set the groundwork for a lot of us to do what we've done today. And, and I look back and, you know, Manny Costa <clears throat> was somebody that, you know, everybody knew. And, uh, you know, Toy Forts, who there'll never be another Toy Forts. Uh, you know, the, yeah. I, I put Toy up there uh, with, with some people I don't so even true. consider the, the 50 so years. True. You know, a great guy and somebody who, like I always said, you know, whenever I got together with Toy, you know, no matter what the situation was, it was a laugh. We always ended up laughing. And he would just turn around and say, uh, you know, we look at each other and we always had this thing when we saw and, and even if we didn't see each other for a while, uh, you know, with all the years that he's done with tumbling and, and, and me with basketball, you know, he would say, 
Robbie, how many more years? And I said, Charlie, I mean, uh, I said, Toy, they're, they're still coming. And I said, you know, we all want to retire. And I said, you know, I always say I'm, I'm done with basketball. And then some seven-year-old kid will come along and, and, and kind of tug at your hot strings and he's playing for you. And then I say, well, I can't leave now until the kid's out of the program. And that's why I never True. retired because they kept coming. And, and Toy was the yes. same way that the people he touched was, was phenomenal. And, uh, you know, uh, somebody who will truly be missed. And, uh, you know, and I, and I praise you for saying, you know, you're doing things like this and saying, you know, I, and I always use your line, you know, I want to give you your flowers while you can smell them, you know, and, yes, and, and that's so true. true. And that's what we need to do uh, in this community. Yeah. We do because it, it, this year was, I mean, last year was so scary um, because you, you've seen a group of people leaving us and right. it's a group of people that were, you know, friends you know dear dear friends and one after another it was very very an eye it was an eye opener and um you know i every day i just wanted to go to work come home stay safe because i was really i was really afraid because i lost a lot of family and friends including you know you on the same boat you know it's one thing about new bedford Friends and family, we all know each other, we, we, and there's some kind of there's some kind of connection between all of us. So, um, Damon Amanda says, uh, "Who does Rob feel can carry the torch moving forward to keep that program growing and being productive for our children?" That that's a great question. I remember uh, uh, attorney John Mackey had asked me that. We were sitting down one day, just hanging out with a bunch of guys. And he said, who's the next Robbie Mendes? And, and I said, you know, John, I, I, you know, thanks for the compliment, but uh, I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, because I, I think, you know, and I, again, Charlie, it's going back to the old school people who, who once they started, uh, they did it uh, for no recognition at all uh, that, you know, a lot of us did it for, you know, there was no pay. You, you know, you've done so much. And I look back at, the people who uh, sort of influenced me and, and, and what got me to do it. And you, you kind of hope that somebody else would, you know, would step up. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, it was guys like, uh, you know, Danny Consatio was and, and, and Bunny. Those, those were the greatest. I mean, you know, the, the time that they gave and inspired me. And, you know, even with Danny, I, I, I think the, the greatest compliment I ever, the greatest compliment I ever got was having Danny Consatio come to my office and ask for my opinion on something. You know, and, and he was dealing with some kids and he said, hey, Robbie, you know, I, I need to ask something. And, and he was a funny guy. Danny was a, Danny was a jokester and, and, and I loved him to death, uh, you know, but he'd come in and he'd say, hey, you know, the parents are doing this and this kid on my football team. And uh, he says, what do you think? And, and I'd sit and tell him. And, and then after I told him, he would say, you know, something, I was thinking the same thing. You know, you're right. And he says, you, you got a great mind because you think like me. Uh, and, and, and when he left, unbeknownst to him, when he left, I'm like, you know, what a compliment to have somebody like that come to you and, and, and uh, sort of ask for your advice. And your and, and there were many so much. Butch Firmino was another one who, who gave so much of his time. And then you look at Bucky Vincent and, you know, uh, Sean Hargraves down at Denison, uh, who, who, again, is a longtime friend and who has done tremendous things. Uh, a great guy, and Joe, Joe Gill. And look around and then at some point we had it here at the club uh you know dave consatio who used to work here uh, with me uh i thought would have been that guy going forward and then he changed you know venues but you know there's another guy who, who's put so much work and you know you got guys like michael consatio who's giving back and peter brito and you know i hate start mentioning names because you're always going to miss yeah. somebody yep. uh, there are people that are sort of been icons and uh whether they've done it uh for for a, a paid job uh when I look back, somebody like uh, Mickey Gonsalves, uh, who, you know, again, uh, you know, I put uh, above uh, so many people because Mickey was just a, a true, true person and, and, and an honest person with, a, you know, in, in, in his work with kids. So uh, going forward, I, I, you know, you always wish, I, I think somebody in my position always kind of wishes that, you know, we need somebody to step up and, and you know, it's, it's incumbent to, to keep this going forward. Uh, so, and, 
but it takes a special kind of person to work with kids. You know, you got to have the, exactly. some patience, some compassion, and uh, if you don't have the patience, and especially in this day and age, it, it's tough because you know, like you said back then, we had a little bit more control. Uh, <laughs> even though that you know, yeah. how many yeah. parents ever came to you and said, "Hey, you see my son do something, you give him a whack." You know, yeah. and they wouldn't dare go home and tell them you can't do that nowadays because now the kids look mm-hmm. at you like. Go ahead and touch me because, you know, I got I got my lawyer's name right in my cell phone. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, so, you know, it, it's tough, but you kind of hope uh, that there, there's somebody out there. And, you know, even in my position as a coach, you're, you're seeing some young guys come up, uh, Alan Fonseca and coaching, you know, at, at Denison. And you look in the league yeah. and some of the guys who are coaching. And my nephew, Derek, I, you know, I, Derek Baptiste, uh, you know, yeah. uh, out there doing some things. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's great to see those guys do it, and it, you just kind of keep your fingers crossed and hope that they'll keep it going. But, uh, and I think it goes beyond sports too. And, and you know, our, our experience here at the Boys and Girls Club wasn't just basketball and things of that nature. It was having kids come here every day. Uh, I, I think back to, you know, I, I saw Nate Victor on there. <laughs> Some of the funny things that we, Sharik Mendes and Paul Almeida, and, you know, we can go on and on. And the, the guys from West Lawn and, uh, and the great thing about it, Charlie, is, uh, you know, we had guys from West End, South End, North End come in here. And, you know, it was never any problems. Uh, that that was the great thing about being back in them days. And Friday nights, they used to have dances here at the club. And you have kids from all over the city come. Oh, and yeah. It was over. Everybody went home. There was no problem. Uh, I mean, it's I... unfortunate uh, nowadays where, you know, they it's got to be a South End, West End thing. And you just don't want that. No. And it's you were able to, you know, evolve as as kids change over the one decade for the next. You were able to evolve and, and keep yourself and to have that still that huge impact. And that's the one thing I admire. Um, because really as time goes on, people kind of say, oh, I can't do this no more. These kids are different. These kids are this or that. You know, when you or someone like you would say, well, wait a minute, well, let me let me make some adjustments. Let me do what I have to 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 still be that that, that mentor. Um, the one before I forget, um, the one thing that I admire about the Boys and Girls Club is um, along the wall in the hallway. I don't know if it's still there. Where you guys have placed former members that went on to college, you know, academically, whatever it may be, and you put their names on the wall. And um, and it was, to me, it was something to look at and something that would inspire the other kids there. Well, I want to get my name up there. Um, and one thing that, you know, as the kids that I coached and they went on to, you know, leave the high school or leave, um, leave the high school and go on to college or play some ball or just attend college, I would always try to get a T-shirt with their college on it, whether it's Bridgewater, Stonehill, you know, Boston College. I always try to get one of those T-shirts to say, hey, I'm supporting you. So I just want to commend whoever came up with that idea for the names on the wall. That was great. That was, I mean, that was something that I instituted many years back. I, and, and part of it was because I, I think to change the image of the boys and girls, I mean, whenever back in the day when people thought about the boys boys club and boys and girls club, you know, all they thought about was basketball, went there and you shoot some pool. And, and we have some pretty talented kids, you know, in our city that, that go above and beyond the athletic piece. Uh, and uh, so – you know, when I took over as executive director, I incorporated an educational tutorial program called Power Hour, uh, which helps kids with their uh, homework after school every day. And, you know, we partnered with UMass Dartmouth to get some uh, students down here to help tutor the kids. And, and I thought that was important because uh, we put a strong emphasis on education. Uh, as, and, and the reason for that, Charlie, was more of a we saw so many of our talented athletes in the city of New Bedford after high school, that was it. You know, they just didn't, you know, and they weren't inspired to go on and, and, and get, you know, further their education. And some did and some didn't for, for various reasons. 
but uh, it, again, it wasn't about sports. And, and I look up on that wall, and, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I tell those kids, uh, you don't have to be a basketball player to, to go to college. You know, and you don't have to be a great football <laughs> player, this, that, and the other. And how important education is. And one of the things I really uh, instill in my plays is that uh, you have to realize that, you know, and a lot of them are on sports and they say, you know, I say, you have no control over some things in your life. And I said, when you go play sports, as good as you are, that coach that you know, dictates how much you play and when you play. Uh, so, I mean, if you don't have the right temperament with the coach, then you may not, as talented as you are, you may never get on the court. And we've seen that in, in, in some kids who we know in our community were talented basketball players and never played at the high school level because you know, of, of differences of philosophies with coaches. Uh, so I, and I, and I tell the kids this all the time. I says, you know, they can take the ball, they take the ball away from you. They can take the bat away from you. But you know, one thing that if you go out and you get your high school diploma and your college degree, that is something no one can ever take away from you. You know, that's, that's, so true. you know, it, it's important that these kids know that and, and how it can affect their lives uh, going down the road. And, you know, I look up on that wall, and a lot of those players played for me. Uh, and after the Bay State League, they never played another game of basketball. But they went on to become doctors and they're lawyers and, and you know, they're educators. I look at New Bedford High School, and I see guys like, you know, Isaiah Hauptman and Mark DeBrittle who are out there making an impact through education and, and helping our kids and, uh, you know, people in the law uh, area. You know, our, our board, you know, we just – inducted uh you know we just brought on five new people to our board of directors at the boys and girls club and you know they were all former club members uh lashana oh, yeah. rose uh graduate and romaine grace timmy waltz and uh aj tabaz uh and you know they're they're all for, former club members who have experienced the club and lived their lives here and, and they're all doing great things as as well as our board president uh who just came on was uh, john c uh who John started uh, playing basketball for me. And then <laughs> the funny story I tell about John was as he was going to college and through law school, he was doing an, uh, working here part-time to keep some money. And there was a, we had a concession stand here and uh, Connie Poopoo Pino was uh, the cook. Uh, and then one day our, Jerry Houston came in and said, Hey, you got to clean the grease strap every once in a while. So we figured, Hey, we'll just open it up and, you know, clean the trap and, once we opened that thing, that the smell was just knocked you out on your back, and I'm I'm the boss now, so I grabbed John C. and I go, "That's your job, clean the grease trap." And the guy's in there scraping out the and he's he's, he's gagging and he's trying to vomit, and uh, but he got it done, uh, and, and unbelievable. He comes back years later, and now he's the board president of the board, and I I just hope as the president he doesn't tell me go down there and clean the grease trap. Uh, <laughs> you know, John, John's a great guy, and, and we've got a great boy. Yes. You know, uh, Dave Consatio is on there. Uh, you know, uh, Bino Dias, a lot of people from the community, Jerry Houston, uh, Josie Gonzalez, uh, guys who have put many, many years uh, into this organization. And some of them have been on our board just as long as I've been executive director. And, and you know, that's a tribute to them because – they're giving back to the community and they're really committed to what we do here. Yeah, that that group that you selected, um, unbelievable. It kind of, when I seen it, I was like, wow, look at that. Boys club, boys club, boys club, boys club. And um, it was good to see that they were all members there. So now they can relate to, to everything, the programs that you need to run, you know, the everything everything about the boys club they can definitely relate to it on experience so that that's i want to commend everybody that made that selection great job i mean we've, we've done well over the years uh, like i said with our board and and you know you got to take your hat off to the community uh you know in, in supporting this organization and especially over the last year you know with covid you know it was a difficult uh, situation for everybody. Uh, and I know here, I, I, it kind of broke my heart to have to close the doors because now you're, you're saying, what, what are these kids doing? Where are they at? Uh, are they okay? Are they safe? Uh, and, and we uh, stuck through it and, and put together a robust plan, a, a, a safety plan to make sure that, you know, when it was allowed, we could open up our doors. 
uh, and we've done so. Uh, we've worked with the school department. Uh, we've worked with the Board of Health. Uh, and, and my main thing was trying to get the kids back to some semblance of normalcy, just getting out of the house, seeing your friends face to face. And, uh, you know, even though it's funny, it's, uh, you know, you turn down to uh, the fact where you, you, uh, you know, you, you just wanted them here and, and, and making sure they were safe. And, you know, they, they, they're under some difficult uh, conditions uh, for, for these kids. And, and you got to be uh, someone who just, you know, you, you got to care. Uh, and, and our community, I, I think, has done a tremendous job in, in getting through this crisis. Yeah, it's um. I try to uh, Rob. See if you can turn your volume down a little bit. Must be Dave, huh? Yeah, he's saying there's some feedback. So, guys, I always trying to tell you what to do, man. Oh my god! You know, Charlie. You know, I, that's it. That's my boy, though. I, you know, I love him like a brother. Uh, you know, he, he worked for me. He moved on. He's doing great things. Uh, Golf partner, uh, well, at least I golf. He just comes with me, uh, yeah. You know, and, uh, so, uh, and but I mean, we've been together for years, and uh, you know, somebody that will just, uh, you know, you know, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. The greatest compliment that I can give him is like he's like his dad, uh, and, so and Danny was a great guy, and, and Dave just uh, falls right in line. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Always can count on him. I remember talking to him when he wanted to uh, join the police force. And um, I was just, you know, I told him, you can do it, man. You know, I didn't mean to take him away from you, Robbie, but, you know. <laughs> well, you didn't. That was a, you know, a funny story was that, you know, he when he decided he was going to go, uh, it was probably one of the, you know, and I'm not speaking for him. He said it was one of the most difficult decisions of his life that, you know, he came into my office and he said, I got to tell you something. And I, you know, I'm like, what's the matter? And, you know, he was really nervous. And, you know, uh, and he says, you know, I got this opportunity. And he says, I, you know, I, I don't want to let you down. And I said, you'll let me down if you don't go. Uh, you know, it was, it was a chance to really do something. And, uh, you know, I, and I told him, I said, you don't go. I'm going to be very upset with you. And I said, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go on. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was tough replacing him. Uh, it was a great joy to see him move forward and uh, actually, you know, uh, again, he, he, he's a better person for it. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing good things and uh, continues to do good things. I'm glad he's there. Um, and as glad as I am that he's been there for all those years, believe it or not, I can't wait until he's out of there. <laughs> I just want <laughs> to get, you know, I'm, I'm – the man is, is I've seen some great things on the job with him. And uh, it's 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 crazy because every time I went to the boys club, I would one of the first places I would go to is to the gym office just to see if he's there, you know. But uh, he's he's one of those guys that you talked about earlier about, you know, doing things, doing a lot of good things. And um, I definitely uh, seen David Kahn do a lot and um so. And, and I mean, he's uh, I mean, he's he's affected a lot of lives of kids coming up, and, and still till this day, when you talk, you know, I talk to some kids, they're like, hey, you know, how's Dave doing? Uh, this, that, and the other, and uh, you know, sometimes those stories, uh, we won't tell the stories because uh, they were they were they were funny, and uh, as a police officer, we would have gotten troubled if you know some of the yeah. things we did back then. Uh, but you know, it, it was all like I said, out of love and and. and you know, some of the things we did and those kids today still remember it and, and, and they love it. You know, they'll talk so glowingly about it. And, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, he did have a, a tremendous impact on a lot of kids growing up. And he was a credit to the club as well as every staff member that's come through the store. Uh, you know, the years have gone by and, uh, you know, I, I, I've had an opportunity to work with some great people, uh, you know, Dave and, and, and Lenny and Bucky and Bernadette. Uh, who was here for so long and made a tremendous impact. She was, you know, we always used to a kid that, uh, you know, she was like, uh, I was Chuck Woolery and she was my Vanna White because she would like turn the letters when it was time to, to do things. And But Bernie made a tremendous, and she's still doing great things in the community. Uh, and, and I look at my staff now and, and Jean Silver and, you know, Aaron Messier, uh, it, it just keeps going. And, uh, you know, you, you 
true. Wow, it's it's a long. I've been there a long time, but I, I've been very very fortunate. Uh, when people turn around and give a lot of compliments to to me, I I, I always look at it as like you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, and and I've surrounded myself yeah. with uh, some great staff and some great friends, and you know even even through sports, I I, I know. You know, we always sort of come back to basketball, and you know, I'd, I'd be remiss if I, you know, uh, didn't mention a, a guy like Tony Estes, uh, who yeah. has been great in this community, and also with the basketball program, given years and years uh, of, of his life to kids. And uh, you know, everybody thought, you know, it was always a big rivalry. It was the boys' club and Tony's Bruins going at it, uh, and and everybody thought we were like the we hated one another, and, and little did they know, yeah. you know, and Tony are the best of friends, and and have the admiration and respect of each other, uh, and uh, you know, always will. Uh, he he was somebody that, and he is somebody that I always uh, sort of uh, tip my hat to. Uh, you know, as competitive as we were during the games, when it was over, it was a handshake and a hug, and uh, you know, see you next time. And that's the way it should yeah. be. It should be that way. And he, um, I talked to him, uh, and I wanted to set up something with. Uh, you know, with Tony, just like I'm doing with you, but you know how Tony is. He's kind of, yeah, he's reserved and, uh, he, you know, but we'll, with that, I got, I got something else up my sleeve when it comes to Tony and Steph. So we're going to uh, figure it out. But Dante Montero says a half court shot from, uh, Bernie. And yes, he oh. was infamous. Oh, the hook shot. I don't know how yeah, she the did hook shot, you know. She always made one. I yeah. don't know how she did it. But, uh, you know what? That's you know that comes from, and I don't care what she says, but I know where that's coming from. That's coming from Manny Coster at at Monty's, <laughs> and every time he went to Monty's, he went to half court, and he shot yeah. a hook shot for us. And um, I guarantee you, that's where she got it from. And uh, when I do talk to her, in fact, I invited her to this podcast along with uh um david and i wanted them to come on and and kind of be part of this but we had a schedule conflict so they couldn't make it but um just as you're kind of glorifying everything that they have done you know i know they would do the same thing for you um so you you probably heard it 10 million times from bernie and and david how much they appreciate you um See, Nathan Victor says, you guys combined Tony's Bruins and the Boys Club with my group. We straight Molly whooped that tournament that gave us a huge fake gold medals when we won. It was crazy. I mean, we, we uh, I mean, I'm telling you, honestly, we, you know, when you look around, we've had some tremendous basketball talent in the city of New Bedford over the years. And it goes way, way back, but, uh, you know, working with those kids and, and, you know, we, we went, uh, you know, on tournaments, like he said, uh, and, uh, you know, you're playing up in Boston and, and, and we were playing in Worcester and, and, uh, you know, Brockton and, and everybody thought we were great around here, but, you know, there was some great talent out there. We always held our own. If we didn't win it, you know, we were sort of the runner ups and, uh, you know, we would have the uh, Reebok tournament with boys and girls clubs across the uh, New England uh, and New Bedford sort of always, you know, we always were in the championship game and we won it. Uh, and, and I always remember because I had to be one of the regional directors and we would sit with all those clubs across the state and pick names as to who was playing who in the brackets. And whenever anybody got our name, they just kind of moaned and was like, oh, we're out in the first round. And you know, so our kids always went up there and they represented us well uh, in, in not only those tournaments, the rec tournament and around here. And they were right. Uh, uh, it was funny because people started sort of pitting us. Uh, it was Tony would always have a team going into a tournament and I would always have a team. And at the end of the tournament, always us against Tony's uh, and was playing in Fall River mm-hmm. and, and Plymouth and all the other places. So uh, they got a little smart and they turned around and, uh, they would put us against each other in the first round. So, yeah. Out. So me and Tony got together and we saw what they were doing. And they said, well, I'll tell you what, you know, we'll just combine that team and we'll go in that one team. Uh, and we did. Yeah. And eventually they wouldn't allow us back because we won it every year. 
but it, but it was great. Uh, and, and the guys, you know, you're talking Marcus Wills and Adam Clark and Jeffrey Clark and, you know, my guys were, you know, Billy Helpman and all of them. And we, you know, they all got together. And when we put those two teams together, the, you know, nobody could beat us. Uh, but, you know, and, and there were some great teams. I know Denison had some great teams over the years and uh, through the Bay State League. And, uh, you know, Pontiquit, uh, Lakeville always had one. Uh, but it, it was great to, uh, you know, see, you know, some of those uh, the kids that have gone on to high school. And we look around and see at uh, those who have gone on, like their Bonzi Colson and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, see those guys go on and do great things and, and represent our city. I wish Bonzi would go to the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> At least he would knock down more threes than uh, the Williams character there. Um, but uh, George Mello wanted me to George Mello wanted me to tell you the story. He says I'm going to pick. He says I'm going to pick Robbie's brain. Now I'll ask him if he remembers going to play softball in uh, non-equipped man of poison. Because um, he. Yeah, he said he was teaching me softball, become one of the best home run hitters around. Ask him about ping pong tournaments. I won all the time, and I won a soda. <laughs> he said he won a soda and a bag of chips. A bag of chips. <laughs> we, we, I mean, that was some of, and, and George is right. I mean, we had, some, again, we had some battles here, uh, you know, ping pong pool and bumper pool, and it was. Uh, a thing where you know we had tournaments you won the tournament you got a bag of chips and a soda and everybody thought that that was better than you know, <laughs> uh, you know larry o'brien trophy or something like that and there was some yeah. battles uh, i mean uh sharik mendes and paul almeida would go at it and then sometimes it, it, those guys almost went to fist fights after it was over uh and That's then true. after it was over we'd all sit around in the games room around the table and Stop cracking on each other and talking about each other and, uh, you know, the the jokes that went back and forth. And, I mean, we did that when we were younger. Even, uh, you know, we'd have Mickey Gonsalves and Lonnie Gomes over at one another joking. Uh, through the years, it was kind of a tradition here at the club. And, and nobody got offended. You know, we, we talk about it. And, you know, that was one of the things. And as, you know, we get older and, and we look back, uh, you know, that's the difference with then and you know i always say you know some of the great traits that sort of i i sort of have today you know i got from growing up in the bay village uh, it, it was just uh you know a family type of atmosphere where you know i didn't realize it you know and, and i left there when i was 10 years old but you know once i left i realized that all those people that i called aunt, aunt gee and auntie you know rosie and something like that weren't even my aunts or uncles but that was the culture in the Bay Village. You know, everybody was like family. And, and uh, you know, the respect that you had for everybody and uh, our parents could go off and do this uh, food shopping and not worry about who was watching their kids because the neighbors automatically, you know, watched everybody and, and took care of everybody. And, you know, I, I remember that and that's instilled in me, you know, all my life. And, and that's sort of the uh, process that I brought upon, you know, and, and being part of the Boys and Girls Club it, instilling confidence in kids you, you got to find that kid who doesn't think he's that good or you know doesn't belong and you bring out something positive in him and and i think that's what makes a difference when those kids come back and uh turn around and say you know thank you for what you did and sometimes you don't even realize what you did uh and i, yeah. I remember that i i was at uh Gia Marvel's, uh couple of years ago and I'm standing in line waiting for a sandwich and uh, a gentleman, he, he was a man now, he was working for the city and he was in the back of the line and he saw me and he just yelled out my name and Robbie Mendy's on the boys club and you know I turned around and I was like yeah how you doing, I won't mention any names and I said yeah how you doing and, and uh, you know how that place was always packed you try to get a sandwich and he just started yeah. rambling on he goes that guy saved my life if it wasn't for him and the boys club I wouldn't be here today and I'm standing there uh, waiting to get my sandwich, and, and there was a gentleman beside me, and I remember this vividly. He was in a suit, and he was actually an attorney. He was coming from the courthouse, and he stopped there to get lunch. Uh, and the guy in the back just kept going on and on about how you know, the boys club and myself and did this for him and that. And uh, so the guy standing next to me, and he goes, he says, what do you do? And he says, because this guy's really got you going. I says, oh, I just work for the Boys and Girls Club. And he goes, well, uh, I don't know what it is, but, you know, he says, 
apparently you you had a quite an impact on this guy and you know we got a sandwich and we were leaving and the guy was in front of me and he turned to the cashier and he goes you know I, i'm paying for his lunch and i go you don't have to do that and he goes no he says uh, he says i'll do it on the one condition and i said what's that and he says you just keep doing what you're doing you know he says because you're yeah. making some people's lives and, and that's kind of what inspires you to keep going so true so true i, I mean i wish I could have stayed put in a lot of places, a lot of titles that I had, um, because um, I'm, I'm seeing now that, um, you know, especially on the police force, um, that that opportunity there um, allowed me to do a lot of things for a lot of kids um, in and out of, uh, you know, school, in and out of the courthouse, so on and so forth, you know. Uh, and a lot of people that I know, they're no longer there. So I got to kind of prep up my bio and then say, this is who I am, you know. And and uh, so I miss that point. I miss kind of going in and out of the, the you know, schools, the courthouse without, you know, mentioning or, or without saying my name. You know, now I got to kind of go through it. Um, but it is what it is. Got uh, David Conn there. Huh? Yeah, yeah. We got <laughs> David. We got we got so many, so many uh young police officers out there that uh are, are gonna continue to do their job. You mentioned Alan Fonseca, definitely um good dude, you know, and um a lot of men and women that are still doing their things there and I'm I'm proud of them so Eventually, I'll get some of those guys on. But sometimes with that title of being a police officer, you have to ask yeah, permission to do these yeah. things, you know. And uh, so, oh, Rob, I, I, um, I mean, I know you got a lot of stories and um, <laughs> I want to bring those out, you know, eventually. Please, let's, let's do this again. Absolutely. Um, and uh, even if we do it with a combination of you and a few others, um, you mentioned Sean, Sean Hargaves, uh, Joe Nevs. I got them coming on, you know, next week. So, and um, I, I stole this from uh, all that smoke, you know, with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, NBA players on their podcast. And I want to ask you, who do you want? Who do you think should be a guest on the Really Charlie podcast? Wow, uh, <laughs> there, there could be a so few many, people. There's could so many worthy people. people. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen Charlie, and, and you've done a great job because the people that you've had on this is, is uh, you know, people who are, are uh, an influence uh, on the community, uh, and, and I'm proud to watch it because there are a lot of them who were an influence on me, uh, even though they may have been my peers. Uh, you, you know, you take that, but ooh, that's a, that's a good question because there's so many. Deserving, uh, you know, I mean, you could, you couldn't go wrong. Uh, you know, you got somebody like, you know, like a Dave Consacio, uh, You know, and uh, you know, any uh, as you mentioned, a lot of those police officers who I think uh, would would be great because uh, you know, I think our community would see the other side of them uh, out of the uniform uh, and and they're human beings and, and they do great things and despite the fact that some of them might not, you know, get a bad rap, uh, you know, there's, there's just so many, I mock the Brito, uh, Isaiah Hauptman mm -hmm. who in the school system and, you know, making change, uh, for our kids, uh, uh, Derek Baptiste, uh, you know, a lot of them who are, who are doing these outside programs, uh, just keep things going. So, uh, I, you, you can't go wrong, but I just got to commend you for what you're doing because, uh, Thank it you. opens the door for so many. And, uh, I mean, you could have a show for on yourself because you know all the things you've done, and uh, you know, you. And, and sometimes don't get the recognition that you truly deserve. So I want to give you your flowers here today because you deserve it. Uh, thank you. Say thanks for what you've done. <laughs> I appreciate uh, it. Um, and when you when you see uh, President John Seed, you talk to him. He's <laughs> left me hanging. You know. Uh, I've been trying to get him on this podcast, him and a few of his friends. Yeah. But uh, you know what? He's leaving me hanging. So don't worry about those grease traps because when I get done with he's gonna clean a few more when I get back, done with right? <laughs> oh. But uh 
Robbie, thank you so, so much. And uh, I really appreciate you. And let's do this again. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. God bless. Thank you. Take care. All right. You too. Wow. Can't get can't get any better than that. Robbie Mendes of the New Bedford Boys and Girls Club, executive director. Um, and throughout my life, he's been there and he's continued to be there. He's evolved and adapted to the different changes of kids and how they grow up in society now compared to way back when. But uh, definitely he deserves a lot of credit. And as, as you see, and as you heard from him, you know what, as we're giving him praise, he's giving others praise. And, um, and that's, that's the type of guy he is. So continue to add some comments to this podcast, continue to say some great things about Robbie Mendes because he deserves it. And, uh, until next time. Which next time is tomorrow. We'll have Nathan Victor on the show. Um, Nathan been through a lot, you know, heart transplant, definitely uh, a great story. And y'all will not want to miss this one. So tune in tomorrow, same time, we're Nathan Victor. In conclusion, mask those beautiful faces, wash and hand sanitize your hands, stay safe. I love you all. God bless. And please continue, continue to watch the Really Charlie podcast on StreamYard, Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. Like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. It means a lot. See you tomorrow, folks. Love you.